Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Parties Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined with Gary Boys. Gary Boys is the mindset mechanic that helps people adjust their mindset and become the best version of themselves through training workshops and coaching. He specializes in many areas from sales techniques, negotiation, customer and guest services, management of management development, leading change development, team development, leadership, NLP techniques, introduction to health and safety, risk assessment, cost assessment, H&S inspect, inspections, manual handling, and much more. In this podcast, I talk about motivation, mindset, and how Gary got into this field. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Parsivity, 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 in. Gary, it's um, it's great to have you on the podcast today. How you doing? So great to have you on the podcast today, Gary. How you doing? Can you hear me? All right? I'm very well, thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks for inviting me along. No, no, you're very welcome. Yeah, I just kind of thought I'd start off by, you know, kind of asking you how you kind of got into what you do because I see you uh, own a business called the Mind Zone, mm-hmm. and you do a few other things as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Mind Zone is predominantly based around golf uh, and golfing mindset. So um, if you're a golfer, you probably would have heard of a guy called Dr. Bob Rotella, uh, American golf psychologist, worked with some of the greats. And um, more and more sports people, not just in golf, are getting very much into mindset, sports psychology. Um, so, yeah, I dreamt up the Mind Zone um, a few years ago have a great deal of fun with it, get some great results. Um, I've also got another company, um, IMD UK, which goes back and, and I use mindset in all of that as well, Adam. But that's based on sales, negotiation, bit of health and safety and fire, um, and all based around, in terms of mindset, NLP, hypnosis, mindfulness, meditation, 
call it whatever you want. Resilience is now the buzzword we're using. So, uh, yeah. No, that's great. And it's great that you've kind of like gone into like, you know, two kind of, well, kind of two, kind, you've got two companies that kind of work within that kind of same kind of area, isn't it? That kind of like niche where you can like focus on mindset and performance and they can kind of probably interlink as well. I think, yeah, it's, it's important to me, mindset, whatever you're doing is is vitally important um i can't think of anything out there that you're not using your mind for so if you wanted to be a top salesperson, um you've got to have the right mindset to go out and do that if you want to be the best sales negotiator or the best manager you've got to have that mindset to want to do it so it's probably quite an easy job for me to do because every job um every client every customer etc that i that i speak to um, I know that they need a, a great mindset. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think like mindset is kind of where it all kind of starts, isn't it? With like, mm. you know, pretty much anything and everything really, isn't it? Like, like when we first connected, you were talking about, we were talking about golf and sports. And we were saying that, you know, like I've worked in a golf club, um, mm. you know, nearby. And I remember seeing people who are stressed and there was this kind of weird atmosphere sometimes, especially during competitions. And, yes. and it was almost like you think, well, isn't golf meant to be enjoyable? And you see all this seriousness. And I, I understand it's quite serious, but it's like there was that kind of frustrated about it. There was like losing that kind of enjoyment factor in that sport. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. It's, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of people, certainly amateurs and um, I'm even going to say professionals. You know, golf isn't life, uh, life or death. You know, if you um, if, if you go to a, join up with the, the army or the navy or one of the services um, and you're put into a conflict situation, yeah, the decisions you make could result in you and others a life or death situation. Golf ain't like that. You know, we, we do it for a bit of fun, um, but it's incredible the amount of pressure that people put on themselves um, again, not just in, in, in um, golf, but any sport. And I want to say life. And, and given the year 2020, people sadly are putting so much pressure on themselves or they're having pressure put on themselves. But of course, and, and this is something I always say, it's really up to you what you let in and what you sort of say, no, I'm, I'm not even going there. Um, you've got to be, uh, one of my little lines I use is, if you're not in control of, of your mind, someone like me will come along and happily control it for you. Um, and, and I don't do that from a power point of view, but, and I'd like to think I'm, I'm doing it for the best interest, but there's a lot of people out there, um, media, government, etc., that are uh, inflicting things on us, and it's up to us how we choose to respond to it. Um, two things that, that you can change most people realize it's only one uh is what what action you take you know you, you can change two things about you your physiology uh, and your psychology so the way you act and the way you think and that's that's all there is to it uh, and if you're not happy with results or doing whatever you're doing uh if you're not getting the results you're not progressing or whatever it might be adam then you've got to change one of those things psychology or physiology mm. yeah no exactly i think they're really good points and it, it makes me think back to um was it tiger woods a while back he he started working out 
and he noticed that he he was performing better in his golf. I think I think it was Tiger Woods or someone yeah, like that. Well, the, certain I mean, exercises. Yeah, the latest one uh, in the golfing world is a guy called uh, an American guy, Bryson DeChambeau, who was a successful golfer. But during lockdown, he spent most of the day in his gym, really bulked on a lot of muscle, and he's hitting the ball a phenomenal distance at the moment. Now, Adam, that's going to go one or two ways in the golfing world. Um, there's a lot of controversy, a lot of talk out there at the moment. Is it right to do? Isn't it right to do? The fact is, he's done everything within the rules of golf. So therefore, you, you've got to argue, yeah, he's doing the right thing for him. Um, he's hitting the ball sometimes sort of 380, 400 yards. There's other golfers, professional golfers saying, well, I can't get anywhere near that. Well, you know, it's it's got to be a level playing field. Um, they're saying, well it, well, it is. They have the opportunity, if they want, to go down the gym, bulk themselves up. Um, strangely enough, Bryson DeChambeau will not win every golf tournament. As, and you mentioned Tiger Woods, as Tiger Woods in his heyday, didn't win every tournament, but he won enough. Mm. And yes, you've got to have skill, whatever you're doing, you've got to have some skill. Um, but so much of the real achievers and successful people are the ones that have that very focused mindset and know what they want and know how they can pull on those, those resources that, that we've all got within us. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think you know, like, it's so true, isn't it? Like, a lot of it, there's going to be a lot of controversy of people, you know, working out and that kind of thing. And I think, like, well, like, it's whatever works for that person, isn't it? And I think, like, you know, like, I, I can't, I can't, because the thing is, they might have bulked up, they, they might hit the ball and it might go, you know, yeah. a different way. And it's, it's, you can't just say because someone's bulked up, they've got more of an advantage, because I yeah. don't know, it's... Golf, golf is absolutely, it's a game of consequence. Um, so Nick Fowler also said, um, I think when he was captain of the Ryder Cup team, he said golf is a game of fractions. You know, you hit a ball off the club face one or two degrees out from where you wanted it to go. Um, if you're only hitting it 10 yards, then it's not going to make much difference. But if you're going to suddenly hit it 350, 400 yards, that one or two degrees makes a big, big difference. Um, so golf is certainly a game of consequence, but again, it's that the mindset of the, these elite athletes, um, people have always said, oh, he's phenomenal. Yes, it is. Um, but everyone's got that ability to have that mindset if they choose to, if mm. they choose to. And, and I know a good friend of, of yours and mine, um, Mark Dawes, who you've done a couple of podcasts with in the past. Um, one of Mark's stock phrases, and I, I use this myself, when people say, do you think this will work? Mark turns around and says, I don't know. Let's see. Let's mm. go out. Uh, and people say to me on, on, the, on the golf course, if, if I'm doing a mind, mind zone session or if I'm doing sales training, negotiation, whatever it may be, and they say, do you think this will work? And I turn around, I, I bring my little inner Mark Dawes out and say, I don't know, let's go and find out. Because uh, mm. that's the only way you're ever going to find out. Um, but sadly, Adam, so many people don't go and find out because they've got the fear factor of what if it goes wrong, mm. rather than 
What if it goes right? And you won't know it's going to go right until you try it. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 for many people. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think like you said, that's a really good like, way of looking at things, isn't it? You know, why not just kind of find out? You know, like, you're not going to know unless you try. And yeah. yeah. I, think, I think a lot of times, you know, people, I think people ultimately kind of, you know, got that wiring. We've all got that wiring and that negative voice sometimes. And I think... Mm it's kind of being in tune with that kind of voice and kind of not letting that kind of negative voice kind of, do you know what I mean? Kind of diminish that. I, I know exactly what you mean, Adam, but we're not born with that. Hmm. You know, we're, we're born with the, the sort of f uh, fight or flight. Um, yeah. We're not born generally to fear the dark. We're not, uh, we're not um, born to fear ghosts or spiders or wasps or whatever it might be. Um, that's all learned behaviour. And where do we learn it? Well, generally we learn it from the people we're surrounded by. So from a very early age, we're surrounded by our parents, you would hope. Um, you go to school, preschool, playgroup, etc., and you pick it up from other people. And if you see someone in the summer, um, as soon as a wasp flies in, screaming and running away, you soon, soon pick up, well, that must be the thing to do. This, this mm. wasp must be an evil thing. Now, I'm not saying go and play with wasps, but yeah. you know, um, someone once said once that it'll only hurt you if you annoy it. And I've never yet met anyone that who's got a hobby of annoying wasps. Mm. But we, we learn this behaviour to be fearful of things. Um, and I honestly believe it holds us back in our lives. Um, you know, I'm not saying be reckless and, and gung-ho and let's go and do this and... You know, we're living in in the middle of strange times in 2020. Mm. Um, there's a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of fear. And I know people that if you're walking down the street without a mask on, they cross over the other side of the street. Um, I know other people that walk down the street without a mask on. Um, don't, don't, really, uh, don't tend to worry about it. Um, but where is all that fear coming from? Media, belief systems... Um, and your little peer group, the people you're mixing with. Mm. That's where it comes from. Um, but it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's such an interesting area. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I agree with you. And I, I, I've kind of like seen that when I've worked in restaurants and hotels, you know, like in the summertime, mm. you get wasps flying around and people, you'll see some customers and they'll be chilled and they'll be drinking their yeah. champagne or whatever. And, um, you know, they're just kind of like, my God, there's someone I just ignore it or stay still. And some people just freak out. And it's, and I, I used to be that person who used to run away and kind of freak out. But then I was like, well, I think I saw something. It was like, well, if you freak out, you're getting hotter and they're attracted to heat. So you're going to get more wasps kind of coming towards you. So it's kind of like, it doesn't help anyway. But I think it, it's important, like you said, how to recognize, you know, how you react to things and, you know why you're doing kind of like what you're doing if that makes sense and like you said a lot of people kind of reps that fear don't they that they they do come back to it and i think the the art of of having a happy life is knowing how to overcome that fear um and i'm not going to sit here and convince people that that it's easy to do but it is achievable um mm. and you know pe people have different goals and motives for for existing um 
you will have heard this, I'm sure, many times, and, and I'll ask people on a on a training course, um, what makes you happy? And, and do you know what most of them tell me? What's that? Money. Mm. Every, everyone apparently wants to be a millionaire or win the lottery. And, and I tell Hannah, say, will that make you happy? Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll make me happy. Why would it make you happy? Uh, well, I can buy things. Okay, so you just won 20 million on the lottery. Um, what are you going to buy? I'm going to buy a house. Okay, 2 million pounds. You've got 18 million pounds left. What are you going to do with it? Oh, I don't know. And you tend to find that money doesn't make people happy. It's what you can do with that money that makes you happy. Mm. And time and time again, you can go to different parts of the world and you can see people with no, absolutely no money at all. And yet they're happy people. Uh, and sadly, I also know multi-millionaires and there's a lot of celebrities, multi-millionaires that have taken their own life um, mm. because they weren't happy. Um, mm. So does money make you happy? No, I don't think it does. Maybe that's just my mindset. Um, mm. You know, it, it makes things comfortable. And I get that. We've, we've got bills to pay. We, we want a roof over our head. Um, but there's a lot of fear at the moment with job losses and redundancies and, and that, that sort of the way that the economy is going, people are fearful of what's going to happen. Mm. Um, I also happen to think there's going to be a load, a massive amount of opportunities coming out of this, you know. And if you think about the fact that we're sitting here now, if you go back in your life 24 hours, we're actually a day closer to realising those opportunities than we were yesterday, Adam. We've mm. spoke for 20 minutes so far, and we're 20 minutes closer to those opportunities realising themselves than they were when we started talking. Mm. Um, now, it's, it's just whatever mindset you choose to adopt. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you, and I think, like, as well, like, I think, like, money and that kind of thing and what success is 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 a very personal thing to each person isn't it and mm. i think like you said like you could have a lot of money but um it's like if it's not kind of aligned with your like belief system you, you know you're not going to have be able to hold on to that money because you might feel like you're i don't know not some people you know like who win the lottery like you said spend all of it because yeah. they're their belief system they might feel like they're not worthy of having that money they might not kind of know the value of it and a lot of people sometimes you know they're just buying i think we've all done it you know you buy stuff and then you, you know you've got that kind of short-term kind of happiness with oh it's great yeah. i've got this new jacket and then two weeks later like oh i've got four jackets now or, or whatever it is and i think like it's kind of i think with money like you said it does help you do certain things and it is that kind of sense of stability you know, and reassurance that you've got like a base there. I think that, that's important in life, isn't right. it, to have that kind of base. But I think with with money, I think like if you're continually buying things and you're doing things, and I think over time people are going to realise that it's not actually those things that are making them happy, and it's it's much deeper than that, isn't it? And really, you know, you, like you said, you hear a lot of celebrities who go downhill, even though they've got a lot of money and a lot of status quo, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Adam, there's, there's people in, in history, and, and I like for really simple things, very simple things. I'm, I'm a simple person. You know, I'm, I'm not, um, not one of these that is what you would regard as a genius, 
but I know what works for me and, and I'd like to think I know what works for a lot of people. Mm. And I remember many years ago, John Lennon, uh, one of the Beatles, uh, sadly shot, unbelievably, 40 years ago in December, wow. uh, 40 years ago, 1980. Um, but one of his quotes was when he went to school, mm. his, um, his teacher said to him, what, what are you going to be when you grow up? And John Lennon apparently said, happy. Mm. And his teacher said, no, no, no. He said, she, she said, you don't understand the assignment. And he turned around to her and said, and you don't understand life. Mm. And I love that quote from John Lennon. You know, what's, why do people do anything? You would argue it's to become happier, to make mm. them happy. Why do I play golf? Because it makes me happy. Mm. Why do I want to get better at golf? Because it makes me happy. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do that? Because it makes me happy. Why do people go on holiday? Why do people go and eat certain foods in a certain restaurant with a certain group of people? Because it makes them happy. Mm. Um, and for me personally, everything you do should have the ulterior motive of ultimately making you happy. Mm. Now, I, I confess, I'm, I'm not a huge lover of paperwork. Yeah. I really detest paperwork. <laughs> you know, put me in, a, in with a, a group of people that we can have a chat and a training session, and I love it. Yeah. Tell me I've got to sit down for a day to write a course or whatever, and, and I, I struggle with it. Mm. But I've trained my mind now to say, okay, I know it's a necessity for me to go and do the training, to be in front of people, to do this. Mm. That's part of the route that I've got to take. So mm. I, I train myself, right, dedicate, I'll go and do that. Because I know there's an end result that will make me happy. Yeah. Does that, does that make some sense? Yeah. No, I love that, and I I can relate to that in some way because it's like, like you said, you know, with the course side of things, you know, in, in able to do that course to have those connections, you've got to kind of do that back end mm. stuff to have that, and it's that kind of you can't have that without this, and you know, this yeah. without that, can you? And I think yeah. I I um kind of sometimes like it, you know, like with emails and chasing up things sometimes. Mm. You know, I have a, you have a lot to do and you're like, oh my God, there's so much. And it's kind of like, if you have that kind of mindset towards it, it's going to drag. Whereas yeah. you kind of see it, well, if I don't respond to X, Y, Z, I, I can't have X, Y, Z here kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, put, let's put it into an, uh, an analogy here. If you're going to build a house, you know, why do you want to build your own house? Well, because I want to design it and I want it to look beautiful and I want a nice garden and I want this and that. Okay, well, you've got to design that house then. You've got to put foundations in that no one will ever see. But you need to put good foundations in there so that you can build the first course of brickwork and you build it up. And now I don't like building houses, but I like living in a nice house. So it's a it's a means to an end. Ultimately, that should come out that you're, you're going to be happy in whatever house you build. That's a little analogy there for you. I mean, you can make yeah. analogies out of anything. <laughs> um, but I, I would just like to see a world with that, that people could realise that they have the ability to change uh, within. Mm. You know, yeah, I'll, I'm happy to come along and I'll help them, etc. But everyone has that ability to change um, if they want to mm. if they want to and i'd love to see a world with people that are more confident that have less fear that mm. have more self-esteem 
Um, that, if you like, turning around after a course, people say, do you know, I feel more confident, I've got more self-esteem, I've got this, I've got that. Mm. The more of that I can do, that then makes me happy. Mm. So I'm quite a selfish guy. I'm doing all this to make me happy, if you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> but, but it's like, the thing is, you're, you're, you know, you're getting that satisfaction from it, but mm. yet you're providing value at that same time to other people. So they're kind of taking something mm. from it, aren't they? And they're going to get happy. They're going to, yeah. you know, kind of um, benefit and, and develop themselves. And I think you kind of got to kind of have that or have that kind of um, place in mind, haven't you, in order to kind of to be able to provide that. Because yeah. it's like, I think it's very obvious if someone's doing something and they're not providing value or they seem to be provide, providing value and they're doing it for like monetary needs and not that kind of happiness, isn't it? I think that's what yeah. I recognise, you know, sometimes because I think, you know, in the past you know, many years ago, I probably, you know, wanted to get my needs met and that kind of thing. And then over time, you kind of, you're like like you said, you kind of learn about what makes you happy and the, that value is important, you yeah. know, that you provide. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. People often misunderstand me, Adam, when I say money's not important. Um, because as you've, you've highlighted earlier, and I hope I said this, you know, yeah, I understand we need some money, you know, mm. um, to, for us to live, we want a roof over our heads, we want a nice bit of food on the table, but I, I don't urge people to go out and, and find stuff that they love doing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know far too many miserable people in the world mm. that when I say to them, and I probably wind them up a bit, I'll say, um, how long have you been doing your job? Oh, 40 years. And I, I wind them up, I say, you must really love this job then. To do it for 40 years you must love it and they said, i really hate it so well why are you doing it that's all i know and then i just put a little one, one at the end i say well don't worry i said you've done it 40 years i said you'll you'll be dead soon yeah and they look at me as if to say well really <laughs> yeah yeah it's, you haven't got to do this for the eternity you will die you know and you haven't got to do that job then hmm. um and I, it yeah it worries me really the amount of people out there that are doing stuff that they hate doing mm. um i'm very fortunate I, i've always loved what i'm what, what i do mm. if i don't like it i change I've, I've done various things in my life mm. um as i look back on my life now i start to realize why i did certain things in a certain way um did i always get it right absolutely not um mm. but the only way i was going to find out if it worked was to go and do it and, and mm. some things work and some things don't um yeah, there we are. I, I I agree with you, and I think like, you know, like, what makes someone happy is like it's a very personal thing, and what makes you happy is going to be different to the next person, and mm. you know, like like me as well. But I I think like you said, people need to try different things out, and it's like the only way almost. I mean, I, I'm 26, and luckily, you know, I found something that makes me happy. But prior to this, doing this and coaching and things like that. I've tried different jobs out, different courses, and you know I've had that ability where I kind of listen to myself. Mm. I'm doing it for myself. I'm not listening to what my parents are saying or anyone else. Yeah, um, I think that's another thing as well. You know, listen to yourself, isn't it? And being able to make those decisions where you're like, no, I can change my mind. Let's try X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, I feel sorry for people who are kind of stuck in that place where they're doing something they don't enjoy. But like you said, it's possible, isn't it, to do that thing you don't enjoy, but then on the side, do something else. And then when you find that, leave that. And I think a lot of people are scared, aren't they? They're scared to go out of their comfort zones. And I think that's kind of normal to feel scared. Yeah. Yeah. Once you do it and you've done it for X amount of time, it's not scary anymore. It's yeah. like, you, it's like not... when you play, probably first play golf, you know, it's like, oh, what do I do? What, you know, yeah. who's watching? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're, you, you've hit the nail there. It's, it's about finding what makes you happy. If I go back in my life, um, when I left school, uh, Adam, my, my, my father was a builder. Um, he was, wasn't a bricklayer, wasn't a tradesman. He was, he was a, a foreman on a building site and he used to work horrendous hours. You know, he'd be up probably six days a week at five o'clock in the morning. I remember as a young child, he would come home, um, probably about six in the evening, fall asleep, have his dinner, fall asleep in the armchair and that was it. And, but he used to love his work. He had this mindset. He used to love his work. Uh, and even when he retired from building, he still went and did odd jobs, etc. You know, sort of local gardening jobs, putting up fences, a bit of concrete and what have you. But I remember him always used to say, he said, whatever you do, don't do what I'm doing. He said, it's a hard, unless you really enjoy it, it's a hard job. So that made my mind up. I didn't want to be a builder. And when I left school, people told me, bearing in mind this is back in the 80s, they said, um, get a job in banking or insurance. It's a job for life. Okay, well, I wasn't particularly educated, but I thought I'd have a go for this. So I started working in an insurance company, nine to five. And my job was to move a pile of files from there to there by the end of the day. When I come in the next day, Adam, there's another pile of files there. So I'd move them from there to there. And it was mind-numbingly boring. And at about five to five to five most days, you look at the clock and you put your pen down, you put your files away, and you walked out. I then, the time I was 18, I found myself a job in a pub. And it was the best thing I ever did. Uh, I loved working in the pub because it wasn't like work. All your mates come down to see you. You chatted to people. It was fabulous. And in the end, I was doing sort of six, uh, maybe six nights in, in the pub, working during the day in the office, six nights in the pub. And for an 18, 19 year old, I had quite a bit of money because I wasn't going out spending it. So when I did go out on my night off, I could, I could afford some nice places, which was rather nice. Hmm. Um, I suddenly fell in love with the hospitality trade and, and it was about seeing people. Um, and again, you make connections in life. Steve Jobs said, uh, you can't join the dots of life up looking forward. You can only look, uh, join them up looking back. Why did I enjoy the pub trades and hospitality so much? Because it was social. It was seeing people. And I then went from there, got a job with a brewery, selling, selling beer. What a, what a dream job. I think I was 21 years old at the time. And I was going round into pubs, clubs, restaurants, selling beer, knowing that the next week when I went back, they'd sold that beer and they wanted to buy some more. Happy days. Mm. So that was my, that, that was my sort of um, brief career history. Got into sales training, 
then moved totally into training and I discovered a long time ago how powerful the mind was and mm. the fact that if you smiled at people most people would smile back um, and I got told I got a really cheeky smile a cheeky grin for a youngster and so I started smiling at everyone and people started smiling back and you're miles away from me now Adam but you're smiling on your face it's quite weird yeah <laughs> um, so if you can connect with people um, you can then start to influence people and I used to sell uh, I, I won loads of stuff as a salesperson uh, but then I got into training I love the training aspect of it um, so I moved totally into training and since those days of nine to five in an insurance company and being in a pub selling beer and, and what have you I've really understood how the mind works got into NLP neuro linguistic programming um, met some wonderful people along the way hypnosis which still fascinates me uh, I love hypnosis um, everyone's got the ability to go into trance whenever they want um, but people find it's a it's a weird old thing mindfulness meditation all these things you start banning these words about and people oh no I'm not into all that sort of stuff mm. so we're gonna brand it as something else and I'll call it something else and it'll work um, yeah but yes it's all good fun it's all good fun yeah no that's it and I think like it's great in what you said about you know that experience the experience that you had you know like when you was like a teenager and things like that mm. and I, I can definitely relate to that like I'm pretty extroverted, you know, like as a person socially. And I think like when I, I fell into restaurants when I was like 16, my dad's a chef. Mm. And I started going, going into waitering. And like you said, there is a, it almost like when you're kind of confident in it and you kind of find your feet, it's, it's quite enjoyable because you're meeting all different people and you're able to yeah. deal with situations that you probably won't encounter in an office. Yeah. Like, is that, you know, with chefs, with people who, you know, might be well, drunk or pissed off and that kind of thing. Let's so be honest, most, most, most chefs that you know, most chefs that I know are, are raving mad. <laughs> it's, it's a prerequisite for being a chef. And I know if any of my, my friends that are chefs listen to this afterwards, they know exactly what I mean. Mm. You've got to be a certain, a certain animal to be a chef. Yeah. Um, but highly skilled, highly talented people. Mm. there's there is definitely that too i mean we we had where well, i used to work in one place we had like six head chefs and four managers in the space of like four months because mm. there was a lot of pressure and it was during summer and we had people on, on agency coming and going backwards and forwards um and yeah there's there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of um, you know things you need to deal with but i think in that trade you can grow so much because mm. you're literally thrown out of your comfort zone and yeah. you know like you might have two people who don't turn up to work and it's you and one other person i remember it was me and my two colleagues because the manager got sacked and he was basically kind of co-running this hotel running yeah. all over the place and i think there's a you know that's the, when it was hard i kind of thought to myself well i'm meeting all different people every day mm. and that's kind of what kept me going yeah. You, yeah people are interesting you just don't know who you're going to meet or who that person knows absolutely and it's incredible when you work in i mean i know how the how hard the hospitality industry is incredibly long hours 
Um, sadly, they're getting a rough ride at the moment, in, in mm. my opinion, mm. from, uh, from from the government and the, the support available. But um, in terms of the hospitality, um, we used to finish a shift and we were absolutely worn out. But do you know what I used to love, Adam? The doors are closed. We've finished glass washing, etc., and we just sit around a table and have a beer mm. and chew the fat. You know, just talk about anything, and that was a lovely, lovely time. Um, you were yeah. worn out, but it, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. No, I definitely agree. I think that's what I miss about it as well. There's mm. that kind of side to it, whereas. Most of the jobs is like, yeah, done, cheers, see you. And the way that, it's like you're kind of like a family unit. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. I was just going to tell like, round up as well. Like, um, do you have any favourite books that you like to read? Any favourite books? Um, well, of course, I mean, I've got to say my good friend Mark Dawes, Quantum Thinking is an essential read. Mm. Um, there's certainly in the golfing world, um, there's any of the Bob Rotella books are really good reads. Um Mindset. Well, I mean, there's just just Google something um, on on mindset. Um, we talk a lot about uh, growth mindset. Um, a guy that um, that does a lot 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 of presentations or was before COVID. Uh, a guy called Steve Head. He, Steve is worth looking up. Uh, a good guy. Um, but now there, there, there's some really good speakers out there and. I'm always happy to go along to, to conferences, webinars, of, of Zoom meetings, whatever, because I'll always pick something up from somewhere that I can use. Why do I pick it up? Because it makes me happy. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it all comes back to that. Um, if I can find a little story um, that I can use, that I can pass on, it makes someone else's life happy. Brilliant. Happy days. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's right. how... Uh, that's how it all works. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's so important to do that, isn't it? To kind of, you know, to read good content and, you know, kind of consume the things that, you know, make you happy and going to make some kind of difference to your life as well. Yeah. And uh, I think as well, like, do you have any role models professionally or personally, like, or mentors, like, growing up or even now? Just well, saying? growing up, I suppose, um, I mean, in, in the golfing world, um, as much as I admire Tiger, um, for, for what he did, Tiger Woods, um, Seve, Seve Balesteros, uh, because mm. he was different from everyone else. Um, and his visualization, his mindset, um, again, anyone that's into their golf, Google some of the, um, some of the Seve videos, they're quite unbelievable, but he just had that, that, that attitude of, I want to go and go and have fun, go and enjoy it. Roy McIlroy, um, a tremendous talent yeah. um, nowadays. I still think talent-wise, skill-wise, Rory's got it. Mind-wise, I think is sometimes lapses. Um, mm. So I'd, I'd love to do a bit of, if Rory's listened to this ever, Adam, I'd love to do a bit of work with you, Rory. Yeah. Uh, no, no problem at all. Um, I, th I think in life, and, and strangely enough, Adam, I did a podcast last week with... Um, with a friend of mine, he's a uh, or was an Olympian, went to the Olympics five times, and uh, we were talking about who your idols were. And it's normally people within your profession that were really successful. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose when I look, both both my parents, um, 
sadly no longer with us, but both my parents um, laid those foundations mm. from a very early age. And I never grew up with pressure of you've got to do this or you've got to do that. Subliminally, subconsciously, call it what you will, both of my parents always said to me when I was growing up, I don't care what you do for a, for a job as long as you enjoy it. Mm. And, and I think those words um, sort of resonate with me even in my life now. And I say my friend who I, I uh, spoke to last week, mm. I said, who was, who was your motivating factor? He said, my mum. You know, you've, you've got all these um, superb um, celebrities, um, successful people, but often you would hope it comes down to the, the grounding and, and the education that your parents gave you from a very mm. early age. Uh, and then I hope I pass that on. My Both my kids are, are grown up now, but you hope you pass that on so that they can then pass it on. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I truly believe in that. And I, I love that. And I, and I agree. And I think it's like kind of like that base of where it starts, isn't it, as well? You know, how you yeah. kind of are as a person and being grateful and, and looking up to the people who kind of, you know, instill that kind of bit of wis wisdom, yeah. you know, in you as well. Oh, absolutely. Without doubt. Without doubt. And um, where, where can people find you on social media or your website, that kind of thing? Well, I've got... Um... I've, I've got a couple of websites. Uh, one's down at the moment for maintenance because I've, I've used this last lockdown to uh, to update it. But I'll um, I've got a couple of websites which I'll if I email over to you. Yeah, um, I can put it in. You can maybe put some links. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. You know, uh, I'm I'm on the phone. You know, if if anyone and I'm happy to give my number out. If you want to phone me up. Yeah. Um, and you want to you want to speak to me? Um, I'll speak to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's it's about because you're you. When I say you, whoever's listening to this, mm. whoever wants to speak to me, um, if I can solve a problem for you, strange enough, you'll also solve a problem for me because mm. it's something that you give me that I'll learn from it. Mm. So, as I say, selfish. You know, I'm only. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's awesome, Gary. But um, I, I'll definitely put your content and your details in, in the uh, bio of this. And yeah, fantastic. You know, I'll definitely, I'll definitely share what you're doing and you know, and all that as well. Excellent. No, oh, you're welcome. And been, maybe, maybe we do a a version or a, a podcast too. Yeah. Um, in in a few weeks or a few months or whatever, um, and we go on to chapter two then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, I'd be happy to. Sounds good. Brilliant. Yeah. Super. Yeah, Gary, but no, have, have a great day and I wish you all the best in what you're doing. I will do. Thanks very much indeed, Adam. You take all care. Best. Thanks. Tune in. Hi, I just thought I'd uh, make this announcement that I'm looking for someone to sponsor my podcast. If you would like to sponsor my podcast, um, please email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. And I'm also looking for 
you know, people who want to advertise their content on my podcast as well also. Um, you know, we can talk more about it on a Zoom call or, you know, like a WhatsApp call or something. Um, you know, it's the kind of uh, deeper side of like, you know, how much it's going to cost and this kind of thing. But I'm looking for people, you know, who have a business or a product or a website or, you know, something that they kind of want to promote. I'm happy to promote that on my podcast and I will do a pre-roll, mid-roll, end roll. So I'll, you know, talk about what your product is and where people can find it, how much it is and, you know, deals and this kind of thing. So if you have a product or know anyone that has a product that they, you know, want to put out there and they want to gain more traction, please, please, please email me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, even if it's an app, you know, you have an app that people are creating, um, a website, a pod, you know, or, or another podcast, uh, please get in touch and let me know and I'll be happy to uh, look into it and promote it on my show. But uh, yeah, you know where to find me at thepositivepodcast.gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, I'd like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope that you was able to take some positive value away from this episode. I'm also on YouTube at The Positivity Podcast. If you would like, share and comment or subscribe, it would really help my channel to grow. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach that helps people to live a more fulfilling life and to achieve their goals. Any questions, any feedback for my podcast, you can email me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. And any inquiries for life coaching, goal setting or mentoring, please email me also at the same email address, thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.